0: Welcome to episode two of the Equal Time Soccer Podcast. My name is Matt Pravratsky, and thanks so much for listening. Uh, This week we have something that we'll try and do a little bit of kind of throughout the year where we touch base with uh, a Gopher Soccer alum or a Minnesotan who's playing professionally abroad to try and get a taste of kind of what that game is after the college level. And uh, we did a video chat with Kelsey Hood, but I, I thought it might be nice to also release it as a podcast in case people like to digest it that way so uh, we're happy to release it in both formats you can find all of our content on our on our twitter page on the website on the facebook page Um, and if uh, thanks so much for all the support so far it's been incredible Uh, and if you want to support our work you can find us on patreon.com slash equal time soccer or just uh, find us on twitter or the website and and find a way to support us there so thanks so much and now to kelsey so thanks everyone for coming. We're here with Kelsey Hood, former Gopher star and now European soccer star over in Norway. Uh, thanks so much, Kelsey. And uh, we, Kelsey was willing to figure out the logistics of chatting with us over an entire ocean over multiple continents. So thanks so much for talking to us, Kelsey. Thank you. So this is the first kind of big video chat we're doing with folks since we launched the site. I will thank our few uh, 10-month $10 a month donors, including my mom, Jean Prabratsky, of course, uh, Jeff Ruder, Kate Sophia, Hugh Dong, uh, Chad Flynn and Mary Lehammer and Kathy Lambert. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for supporting women's soccer. Uh, and Kelsey, you are like a big time European soccer star. You've been in Norway for several years now. So how did you end up, uh, going overseas in the first place? You had, um, a, kind of a really successful go a career. And then what was that moment like when you decided to try and go pro um, back when you graduated?
1: Yeah, um, when I graduated, um, you know, like everyone else, I was just trying to figure out what I want to do. I knew I always wanted to play and I wanted to travel and it was a great way to do that. At that time, the professional league, I went to a combine. Um, I didn't get picked up. Um, and then the year after that, I think the league folded so it was kind of unstable at that point and you know i didn't get picked up so i was like i want to keep playing and and so (laughs) i randomly had a childhood friend that was playing in in norway and she was like hey we need a midfielder do you want to come over it was like it was just like that i didn't have an agent nothing i was just reaching to kind of keep playing um and then i ended up in the south of norway uh yeah that was my that was my first team
0: and what's the, I mean, how was, how was that adjustment from, I mean, you were an all big 10 level player an all American level player in, you know, at a major division one school. What was the transition like for you on the field in terms of level of play from going to, you know, competing in the big 10 in the national tournament to uh, just jumping over there, jumping in, they say they need a midfielder and you get on the field. What's it like when you start training and playing?
1: Yeah. Um, you know it's different it, it is I mean I think it took me you know a year I mean, I, my, for the sorry the first year the first year I played here I played in in the midfield but I I had a great season it was an adjustment period where um you know you had to get it was just it was it was very fast it was very um physical it was um you know it was it was I'm trying to explain it was um I didn't adjust well. You know, I wanted to play the type I was I was used to and it probably took me the first I mean I remember probably the last 3 games I was like, "Okay, I'm finally getting into it." But um you know, it it took an adjustment period and I I could definitely say my first year was not was not a great year mm-hmm. for me.
0: Well, and what's that? I mean, you're you have the transition on the field, but then off the field, I mean, you're in a whole new country. Was it was which of those things was like a bigger adjustment i mean what was off the field like coming in especially as someone so young i mean out out of school anyone out of school has that transition phase of like you know being an adult or whatever you'd call it but what was that what was that like off the field adjusting to a new country
1: yeah um that was interesting you know i came to norway in in uh, january so it was freezing and cold and you know it was dark all the time and you know Everyone was speaking this, you know, Norwegian all around you, and you can't understand anything. And, you know, your coach is Norwegian, and you don't know what he's saying, but you kind of just – you've seen, you know, the the things that we've done over and over again, you know, with passing drills and possession, and, of course, your teammates help you. But, you know, and I, I ended up living with two Americans, so that was more comfortable. You know, you kind of were in your comfortable little bubble that you can speak your own language and, and whatever which, you know, I think that kind of kept me from learning the language and kind of getting immersed in the culture because you could just kind of stay in that little bubble. And we had, I like, think, seven, eight foreigners. So, I mean, we spoke English a lot. Um, but it was cool. I lived in, like, a basement of a Norwegian family, and they kind of took us in and made us their, their daughters. So it was, it, was, it was interesting. I learned how to drive stick in Norway with, like, a brand-new – with <laughs> like a like a, like a um, VW, I think it was. We ruined that car. Three <laughs> girls who never drove s- driven stick. We like, Here you go, and we were like YouTubing things and asking. I mean, it was it was hilarious, but it was so much fun.
0: Well, and you've had, I mean, you've had, that was that initial transition, but you've, you've been there a while and you've even been back to the States and then back over to Norway again, right? So you had, you had at least one stint over in Vancouver, is that right? And you even came back for a stint in Minnesota where you were kind of assistant coaching. And were you also playing with the Lightning, a former kind of women's team? Yep. Yep.
1: Um, yes. After my first year in Norway, we went bankrupt, um, actually right after the summer. So, you know, it was, um, that was interesting. And then I ended up coming back and I was like, you know, I just want to, I want to go back home for a little bit. I didn't, you know, ever think I was going to stay here. And then I played for Vancouver and that was great, you know? Um, and then after that, yeah, I came back to Minnesota for a bit again, still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but still wanted to play. Um, and then God, yeah, I was out in Boston for a while and then down in Texas and then I went back overseas. Uh, to Sweden for a while and actually that, that was the biggest heartbreaker, I think. It was actually a, it was a team in Sweden that played in Champions League and I, I ended up getting, I got, ended up getting cut like the week before they were playing against Arsenal, which was like my dream. I was crushed. I was like, I'm done. But, um, you know, they weren't looking for, for the type of player I am and I had to accept that and, um, I moved on.
0: Mm-hmm. and you and you. since you mentioned the type of player you are you you largely play holding midfielder that was kind of where you play is that kind of how do you what kind of system do you play and what kind of role do you play in that system now
1: well okay so i'm i'm like playing now but i'm not i'm not full-time i i i played um my last full-time team was two years ago Mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of playing in a first division team and helping out and coaching as well Um, but now I'm back in the midfield which is funny because I was playing center back for a while but (laughs) so I had to get in shape and like now I'm back in the midfield and yeah so (laughs) I mean yeah I mean I've kind of played in the back and in the midfield but I think Center back has always been something that, as the older I got, the less running I wanted to do, and just kind of sit back and read the game and play simple.
0: So. Well, that's kind of that's kind of normal, right? Like the a center midfielder might turn into more of a holding midfielder, and a holding mid might turn into more of a center back. That's a pretty natural transition, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too.
0: So. Mm. Well, and so. you you mentioned earlier kind of the tough part about coming over and transitioning. Everyone speaking Norwegian, but I think by all accounts you've now transitioned very well. You you found if if I'm correct, you found your husband in in Norway, right? So now you're officially you're in it. You're Nor- you're Norwegian now.
1: I got my visa and I'm you know here and I speak the language now and I'm teaching and coaching in Norwegian. It's strange. It is a strange thing. I never thought I'd be here, but Yeah,
0: here I am. Well, and how many? So, how many seasons did you have, kind of playing full time? Then you mentioned you're you're still playing a little bit, but transitioning out. How many kind of full time seasons did you have over there?
1: In Norway, I came back um, in 2014, and then I played until 2000. So 2000 out 2016. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. so three four seasons. Right.
0: And what's the so especially since you you went over because your first your first time coming over was a while back but what was the how has it changed since then of, you know even the Norwegian league how has it changed since you first came over when you were right out of school to now when you're kind of helping coach coach players and and still playing
1: yeah how's it changed um, you know I think the Norwegian league has changed a bit because a lot of the national team players are going abroad you know a lot of the um, um, uh, you know, there's so many more leagues now, you know, I think the, actually the woman who's scored the most goals in champions league plays, she's, she's Norwegian. She plays in France. And, um, so, you know, more and more are trying to go overseas because it's better paid. You know, a lot of girls here have full-time jobs and then they go to training every, every night and then they go and travel every single weekend. And it's from January to November. So, you know, it's not easy. You have to really love to play here as as a Norwegian. So um, I think now there's more opportunity. It's a little bit more international than it was because when I first came in 2010, I think I, me and my two teammates were, well, we are, were like the foreign team, but we, uh, we were the only real foreigners, I felt like, in the league. Mm-hmm. So now it's more diverse, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and what's the... You mentioned that, I mean, women have full-time jobs, so obviously the... People aren't getting rich playing the game over there, but I don't think, you know, almost no women are getting rich playing soccer anywhere, unfortunately. But uh, is it something where when they bring in new players, do they help them with like housing or how do they try and make it work for um, some new folks? Like when you came over, how did you even make it work financially?
1: Well, being outside the EU, we have to get paid a minimum and you can live off of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's something you have to be able to, it's it's like the bare minimum, but over here, everything is uh, it's pretty expensive and it's 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 livable. So they give you you know it, it depends on the club as well. But I know um, I know Katie Bethke for instance, she played in on a team and actually that was one of the wealthier clubs in Norway. You know you, you you can get an apartment, you can get a car, you can get you know everything paid for you. You basically use your salary just to pay for food, so you can save and. So for foreigners outside the EU, especially, you're you're kind of like if you come in, you're expected to play right away because you're getting paid well mm-hmm. to do this. So, um, so yeah, it was. I've been lucky in that way.
0: And when you say the minimum, you mean just like you like a minimum wage in the country, right? You mean yeah. just like
1: yes. Y- yes.
0: you're a professional, so you have to be paid something.
1: Exactly. They- you have to get like a visa, and you're basically a specialized worker mm-hmm. in the country, right. so you have to get paid, yeah, a minimum right.
0: of whatever, yeah. and for And for anyone who thinks minimum wage sounds like not that much money, uh, we just had a story in Minnesota where the St. Saint Paul Saints are trying to get ex- exempted from paying the minimum wage because they're, like, technically what they play, pay Miami League Baseball players is below minimum wage, so for people who think, like, minimum wage is, like, oh, that's not very much money... Yeah. In the world of, of sports that are not like the NBA or the NFL, it's not that crazy to think about that much. So what's the, especially for like that minimum, what amount of money would that look like to people if, if an American is thinking like, oh, are they making like 30, 40 grand a year, or like 20 grand a year? Is it, yeah,
1: but, um, and obviously
0: the the cost of living is different, so the translation is different, but is it? Yeah,
1: it is. I mean, the minimum here, the minimum in Norway as it outside um, as a player from outside the eu it's twenty thousand crowns a month mm-hmm. um so i think the dollar now is what is it uh i don't even know what that is now it's like seven eight to one maybe i see i'm like now i'm thinking just in crowns i you can do the math right it's, it's um yeah it's two hundred thousand crowns a year but uh yeah i mean it's
0: it's yeah. It's one to a crown is like yeah. It's like eight eight dollars would be like one crown, right? Is that about yeah. right or nine or something? Yeah.
1: Okay. Or yeah, the the crown's down right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: So be... Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: sure I'm sure people would love to see me do a calculator on my phone. Of what, what the translation is? Um, so, yeah, let's just let's just do that. Let's do math for a while. Um, so you. The one of the funnier things I noticed when I when I looked you up on even like when you're on the Gopher website and things that talked about you when you played is you're from Ankeny, Iowa. Yeah. And so I, I'm sure you have not read every single thing about the new Gopher team, but there's actually an incoming recruit from Ankeny, Iowa.
1: Cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I need to I need to keep up on that. My my parents usually. Keep me updated because they still go to games. So, um, I'm sure they said something about that. But, <laughs> but they, they need more
0: Iowans and you know, on the Gophers. They're, they're good people. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of D1 programs down in Iowa too. How do you, how did that process, I mean, recruiting, I think generally has gotten younger and earlier and kind of crazier. Yeah. But the, I mean, kind of absurd almost. But back when, back when you were kind of going through that process, how did you end up deciding to go to the U?
1: Yeah, I think I probably was, swear, I think our age, my age, was the last to do their five official visits. Like, I was able to do that, you know, as a senior or as a junior mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the visits. Like, I, I always wanted to go far away. I was like, I'm going to get on a plane and get out of here. Um but I went on my official visit to Minnesota and Haley Lynch was my, uh, my host and it was the most fun I think I've ever had. So, uh, and I just, it just felt like home. And then, you know, I kind of felt like my parents have, have supported me, you know, my whole, you know, my whole childhood and I wanted them to be at games and I know they wanted to be at games. So it was far enough away. My mom couldn't like pop in every week, but it was close enough they could come and watch, you know. that's
0: important yeah and i mean the i think that's kind of the that's how a lot of people describe it even now is that like the culture and the team culture and obviously you played under a different coach but i think some of that has stuck around that it's uh there's a really good culture around the team and you hear that from players and so even that transition from being in such like a uh, a close-knit group of of women playing in your college team and then going to the pros was that team atmosphere quite a bit different because now it's a job or now it's a, a completely different set of women or what was what was that like? Even the, geez, this has kind of been my home for four years and we do everything together and you know we're traveling together to you know a, a professional group of women where maybe it's a, a second job and they they're not you know hanging out in the same apartment all the time. What was that transition like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember like in, in, in Norway, Norway for instance. I mean, yeah, the Norwegians. No, they have lives, they have jobs, they have kids. Um, so as a foreigner, unless you have a lot of foreigners on your team, it can be quite lonely because you know you're you can be by yourself quite a bit unless you get immersed in the culture and kind of try to learn the language and you know be a part of society, if you will. Um, it can, yeah, it can be quite challenging. But um, I mean, I've had such a great experience every team I've really played on here in Norway, um, and even when I played in. In Vancouver and even in Sweden when I was there for a little bit. I mean, you know, they – everyone's been great. But they do expect – it's like as a foreigner, they know how much you're making. You know, they're like – they. some of them don't even pay for gas. So they're like, you better show up and be great. <laughs> so there, there is an expectation when you come, as you know, from outside the EU to come and contribute right away. Mm-hmm.
0: And so are you – to clarify then, are you saying like the local players, like Norwegian players, are – they don't have to be paid that minimum, and so they're making less. Or are you,
1: so the Norwegian players don't. I mean, they. It, it, it's all. It all depends. So it's player to player, right? You know, but there can be players in the team that aren't getting paid anything. Right. And yeah.
0: Right. So. Well, good for the Americans who can go over there and and <laughs> and take Norwegian soccer jobs, right? This is. And so it's. I always. I always think that our the Gophers now, like the current crop of Gophers, we really have a lot of, um, like, top Big Ten talent. You know, they've been very competitive the last few years. And I always I ca- always kind of over-assume because they're so good that they would just want to play professionally. But I think players have a tough time grappling with kind of what it will mean to try and make it in, in the game professionally and the different steps you'll have to take. But, I mean, your position now to have a nice direct pipeline of taking all these Minnesotans and bringing them over to Norway, what would you say if there was... Um, kind of current gophers or current D1 players thinking about playing pro, I mean, what would you tell them to consider?
1: Yeah, I would tell them, well, you know, I would, I would tell them that it's not professional in the way they might think it's professional. Um, you know, you come from Big Ten football or Big Ten soccer is, you know, unless you're playing for a uh, Lyon or, an, uh, you know, a, a top team, in Europe you're you're probably gonna be taking a step down in terms of financial, in terms of equipment, in terms of, you know, that. So I would say, you know, be prepared for that and also come prepared. You know, don't come here unfit. You need to be able to come and be able to make an impact right away. Um Yeah, and um have do something while you're playing. That's why I I made the mistake is uh, you know, you have so much time. I have, I have my bachelor's degree and I'm now going back to get my master's, but I could have been doing that when I was playing, like do something while you're playing. Because when you're a foreigner here, you can just play, play soccer. You can't do anything else. You can't work. So do all you know, school online, have something to do that will further your resume for in the future. Because I think a lot of us I definitely thought I was like, I'm just going to play for as long as I can and then figure it out. <laughs> and then, you know, you're 31 and you're like, oh God, go back to school. But now, you know, I'm kind of ready for it.
0: But Well, and you, and you're, you said you're doing a little bit of coaching, a little bit of other things. What are the things that you're, and now you're kind of doing that transition. What are the things that, um, you're kind of going into now and moving into doing more of?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I have my visa now, so I can work and you know do a normal job. So I've kind of done different things. It's been a, it's been quite funny. Um, but I worked as a uh, in sales in um, digital advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm real bad at that, so um, I stopped that. And um, currently, I'm working at a physical therapy clinic, working with yoga. Um, specialized yoga, so people with limited, you know, just um, yeah, people coming back from, you know, an injury or a mm-hmm. surgery, or so that's been really fun. So I'm I'm a certified yoga teacher, mm-hmm. which I love, and then I'm also coaching and training on the side and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going back to school.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you wanna is is coaching and continuing to do kind of working with players and those kind of things something you're interested in? Or are you kind of transitioning? Like, is it something uh, that so many kind of playing experiences have prepared you for, and so now you want to use that to help with others, or is it kind of like playing was what I did and now I'll move in to do other stuff?
1: Yeah, no, um, you know, I, I love helping the, you know, the... the, the, the we have a I'm trying to explain it. We have a... Um, we have not... Okay, sorry. I love helping younger players. I love uh, helping out with that. I don't think coaching is necessarily what I'd want to do. But I do love helping out and um, if Crystal and Stephanie are listening, they should come check out some of these young girls because we have two, three girls on the U16 national team from Norway here and they have some really talented players that would love to go over and play in the States. So, you know, I love helping them try to get to the next level and you know, players that want to improve and want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Be better,
0: and, so. and when you see those young players, are you are they playing with kind of the local clubs and like the academies there, or are you seeing them just because you're you're watching these like youth national teams um, play like in your area? How are you kind of interacting with them?
1: So that's the thing about here that's cool. So when you're 15, you can play on a first division team or a top series or a. a top team that you, know, you could be playing with 35 year olds that have been playing on the Norwegian national team for years mm-hmm. so you're got, you're kind of getting thrown into the mix with the age from yeah 15 16 to 30 some years old and you're getting that experience early on which is I think is so cool mm-hmm. um, but it's not always easy you know because you know when you're you're 15 16 you, you, you struggle against Players that are big, stronger, faster than you, but you have to you have to learn quick on how to play, how to how to be smart, and um, so I think it's an advantage, to be honest. I think you know they don't have the club systems like we do back home. They do, but they don't. If you're good enough, you play in uh, with yeah, like adults. You play in like uh, oh my God, I can't even explain it. You just you you uh, you go out of your club and you get like thrown in together with Older players with, yeah, mm-hmm. on, a, on, a, on a different club team. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's still, and that's still a club team. It's not like playing in the Norwegian League. It's just like a, a higher level of club.
1: No, it's like in the Norwegian League. So they get oh, to okay. play in like the league I played in. hmm As a, you know, maybe they're not playing that much, but as a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. they're able to sit on the bench and train every day with players that have a lot of experience and they can learn from them. So, mm-hmm. That's
0: cool. And they can be they can be bullied by you. You can push them around a little bit.
1: They can pump the balls up like they should.
0: <laughs> Earn their stripes a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Well, is there? I mean, is there anything else we haven't talked about that much? I mean, in it's. I always think too, playing in in Europe. One of the differences, even playing in the Big Ten, you have to travel so much. I would imagine there's a lot less travel even, just because Norway's a fairly like. Compared to the whole Midwest of the Big Ten footprint, yeah. I would imagine the travel and things are a little less, too. Are you guys mostly just, like, training to games or bussing to games, or, or what's that like?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you fly, bus, um, and then they do their preseason in Spain. So you do travel a little bit, but, yeah, once you get into season, it's, like, this weekend we're playing a game in the north of Norway. And, you know, you think it's, like, it's way up north, but it's, it's like, a... Hour flight, and that's like a long flight here, you know. So so it's not, yeah, it's nothing compared to the Big Ten travel,
0: but um, nice. Yeah, well, and we'll pretend since you're the only person that I've spoken to living in Norway, we'll pretend that you're the head of like Norway's Chamber of Commerce. What, what should people, why should Minnesotans go over there and visit Norway? What are what's it been like living there? I mean, what's the because clearly you've you've enjoyed it enough to stick around, or maybe that's what happens when you marry someone from norway but the uh what's what's it been like living there even now cuz you're really kind of settled in
1: um yeah, i mean norway's beautiful it's gorgeous it's like and there's so many um i mean it's good soccer too i mean if you play at you know if you play on on, on the right teams with the the right coaches um You know, you're gonna be challenged, you're gonna see a whole different type of play. I mean, I just encourage people to come to Europe, like just go use that time as a player to travel the world as well. Play the game you love, travel, have fun, you know, see different styles of play. So you're just you know, a more well-rounded player afterwards. Mm -hmm. But um, but um, yeah, come to Norway and visit me. Uh South no, I mean, yeah, I, Norway's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you in what city are you in? I guess or where where are you in Norway?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, in the south. I'm in Grimstad. It's called. It's um. It's uh. It's it's yeah. It's four. It's about four hours south of Oslo. Okay,
0: and I thought I think in an interview you gave. Maybe many years ago, you described the south of Norway like the Florida of Norway.
1: Oh, did I, did I say that? It's like the belt. it's like the Bible Belt of Norway. <laughs> <laughs> it is, which is which is funny, and actually, that's that's a cultural thing. I I have a, and I'm sure I don't know. Like we'd say anything to SJ or players that play with me. I have like a terrible mouth when I play, so I really had to keep that in check. When I first came over here, I got in a lot of trouble for that. Like as I'm playing, yeah, swearing and, and stuff. That was a that was no go
0: here. You're in a very buttoned up, conservative part of Norway, and you're a you're a swearing American coming <laughs> in, stealing a Norwegian soccer job. Exactly. I remember actually
1: um, another former Gopher. A, a, a Schwartz, she was playing in Iceland and she texted me when I was first here and she was saying, oh, you know, I got three yellow cards and I'm like, yeah, I have four like, and she's like, what'd you get them for? And she, I was like, not, you know, just swearing or my belt." so you get, you know, you're like the hot-headed American, you have to like, keep it in check and she had the same problem in Iceland, so I don't know, maybe it's like a Scandinavian thing I don't
0: know. <laughs> We're fulfilling everyone's stereotypes of like hot-headed <laughs> Americans, this is great. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Kelsey. This was awesome. Thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk to us all the way across continents. We really appreciate it. And it's great to catch up with kind of, uh, you know, Gophers alums who are, who are making it overseas and exploring the professional game. So thanks so much for talking to us.